Hello and welcome to Housewives and Me, a podcast about why we love the real housewives. I'm your host, Connor Bean, and thank you so much for joining me for another brand new episode. Our first episode where we have an Australian guest. So today, Australia and Ireland are united on the one unifying topic left in our world, the real housewives. <laughs> I'm very excited to talk to Daniel Morrison, the host of the podcast Gasbagging. That's a brand new podcast recapping Real Housewives, shows like Drag Race Down Under. There's been some excellent updates on that podcast about what's going on with Real Housewives in Melbourne as they return to filming after a very large gap. I know that not everybody who listens to this show has had the pleasure of discovering the Real Housewives of Melbourne or lived through the craziness that was Real Housewives of Sydney. But I have to say, this episode, even if you don't watch those shows, I think it's a really interesting look at how Australian audiences like their reality TV because we're now getting a lot of Australian reality shows over here. Like the obsession with Married at First Sight Australia alone should give you an indication. But also... What Dan was saying about how Australian audiences feel about Aussie reality shows really mirrors, I think, the way Irish people feel when we get Irish versions of reality-based shows. So I think there's some interesting insight there. Plus, I'm just fascinated by this idea that the Melbourne ladies took such a big break. They announced a cast, then they had to take another break, and now they've changed the cast again. It's just such a wild story, and I think there's lots to discover there. Plus, we get into Beverly Hills, New York, the Potomac trailer. We chat about Jersey a little bit. There's just so much to chat about. Plus, we got into what theme songs we love on Housewives. Like, we covered a lot of ground, I have to say. I figured out the time zones and connected to Australia, and I went from there, let me tell you. So, without any further ado, I'm going to take you from here to the <laughs> time zone crossing chat that I had with Dan Morrison. Here he is on Housewives and Me. My guest today is a writer who's worked at MTV and Comedy Central, and he's the host of a brand new hilarious podcast about all kinds of reality TV, with a focus on some of the great reality TV that Australia has to offer. The podcast is called Gasbagging. You can check it out now, particularly if you're a fan of Drag Race Down Under and Housewives of Melbourne. Dan Morrison, welcome to Housewives and Me. Thank you so much. What a lovely intro. It sounds so much better when you say it than me introducing myself ever. So thank you. <laughs> Do you want to just clip that and put in the start of every episode of Gas Back in? <laughs> oh, you're my intro guy. So you've just started doing a brand new podcast called Gas Bagging, which I have thoroughly enjoyed because you've gotten into the nitty gritty about Housewives of Melbourne and Sydney, which are two shows that I love. But I know that you watch a lot of the other shows as well. So how did you get into Housewives? So my first like entry point to Housewives was when season two of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills was airing. I think I heard about the whole like Russell of it all and was mm. like, this sounds interesting. So I kind of like, that was my entry point into the show. And then after that, the only other one I knew about at the time was Atlanta. And so I kind of started watching them like at the same time, like what seasons I were at. And then I kind of backtracked after that and kind of watched the earlier seasons. And then it took me a few years and I had another friend that was like big Roni fan and just kept like telling me all the time, like you need to be watching New York. And it was when Bethany had just come back into the show. And so I was like, okay, I'll do this. But I'm a very much like a purist when I do Real Housewives. Like I need to go back to episode one. Like even if someone tells Mm -hmm. me like this season is great, I'm like, no, no, no. I need to like go back to the start and like learn everything about these women before I reach this point. And honestly, the Roni journey for me was actually the most intense. Like I, when I finally caught back up when it was airing like once a week with the US and I not 
too ashamed to say this, but I actually burst into tears because I just spent like so long, like seven seasons with these women. And then I just like caught up and I'm like, I have to wait a week now for another episode. Like I had them like in my life every day and now I've got to wait like a week. What are you telling me? So that was, and then fell in love with Roni. They're like my favorite girls. Like I love that city. Um, And then to be honest, after that, it was a bit of like Potomac and Dallas I went into and then lockdown kind of this year changed everything. Like every uh, franchise I hadn't watched, I watched from the beginning. So that was like in New Jersey, OC. I even did like Miami and uh, Real Housewives of DC as well. So I literally watched every American produced episode of Housewives. So it's just, it's been a, a journey and a really big one in the last like 12 months as well. And of course, sorry, I, I failed to mention when the Melbourne and Sydney housewives started airing, I obviously was watching them as they were airing. Cause I was a big housewives fan at that point. And so once it was finally local, I was like, this is everything. And they're obviously like some of my favorite shows ever. So I'm curious. I know that now you can get Hey You in Australia and I know it's- that, like is it arena is the network that airs a lot of the bravo shows even have like a similar logo so was it easy to find the shows over there because it seems like they were like very they were kind of on tv whereas i think for here for years they were quite hard to find i don't know if you've heard but like australia is one of the biggest like pirated places like in the world that like actually like rips their shows from other places because we just like didn't have access to like so many of these shows so it was always like watching something from like a link someone sent you or someone gave you like a usb at school like i i remember watching like in a computer class watching like the simple life on a usb because like it wasn't airing on anything here so like i kind of had it was very all these like backdoor tradings to like get to watch housewives but now everything is accessible i have hey you i have arena like i'm watching everything very much in the legal way now back then that was just like you it'd be word of mouth and then if someone had it like had a copy of it you'd borrow it and watch it that way so it was very like yeah very underground very black market housewives (laughs) for a while but that's funny because that actually is basically what it was like if you lived in Ireland as well so that's funny I was curious I was like maybe they were just able to watch it on TV but like no we were all like have you found this link oh you've used an hour of mega video for the day so it's like for years it was very much an underground transaction for sure you really had to want it that was (laughs) that was what you had to do the one thing that did drive me crazy. So I rewatched Real Housewives of Beverly Hills season two recently, and I was waiting for the rustle of it all that I remembered, like my entry point to it, which was when I first started watching the season. And it's something I remembered was the women at the very beginning had like a flash forward scene to them, like talking about Russell. And then they kind of then start the season after that. And then you kind of lead up to that same point again. Netflix and Hey You here have removed that flash forward scene. And I do not know why. And I need to like investigate what's happened here. But that scene just like doesn't exist on the episodes here now. And it's just, it's like driving me crazy. And I need to know why. No, I noticed that too. It's funny you said that because when I remember I watched that season, like through illegitimate means, I actually think I used to watch Beverly Hills on YouTube. Remember back in the day, YouTube would be like a, Feel oh. day for illegal TV streams. Like you could yes. literally watch it. People be like, season two episode one. Like, grand, it's on YouTube. That does not happen now. <laughs> no. Because they're all. much stricter. But um, I remember that too. And I remember when, like, looking at Hey You, and it's like, oh, I'd love to just see that, like, opening five minutes because it was so stark to watch and kind of, like, disturbing at the time. Yeah. But I don't, maybe that was a case of they added that in for broadcasts for that time and were like, this is just, because if you remember, it was such a controversial thing in the US. So I'm kind of like, 
I think, removed from context on streaming. Maybe they felt like we don't need to, like, start the season off on that note. Like, it's too I don't know, dark. but it is. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I'd love to watch season two now and see how they how it unfurls for a new viewer because I actually noticed that when Netflix got Beverly Hills last summer a lot of people were watching who've never watched Housewives and they were like oh my god this season two is pretty heavy going god I wonder what happens to Taylor and Russell and I was just like oh my god like oh fuck you actually don't realize like not in a funny way I was like Jesus (laughs) you actually don't know whereas I went into that knowing something really horrible happened and you were kind of watching it with that lens so I think people have experienced Housewives of Beverly Hills quite differently to us hardcore black market dealers who yes. were there from day one. <laughs> Absolutely. You mentioned that you like watched Melbourne and Sydney as they aired. So I have so many questions about that because I liked the that one season Sydney. I don't think it was perfect, but I do think that Melbourne is like an all-time great housewife city. So I'm just so curious when that happened, what was the reaction like in Australia? Were people delighted? Were they like, oh God, it's going to be so embarrassing for us? Like what was the vibe? There was definitely the initial, it's going to be embarrassing. And I think that's that's just across the board for Australians as well. Like anytime there's a reality show like launching, Australians like hate to watch themselves in that kind of way. We've had so many like failed shows here that people just couldn't get on board with because they just kind of like hate seeing like either like a scripted version of reality or something like The Real Housewives as well. We had like a failed show about called The Shire, which was like basically The Hills, but it based in Cronulla, which is definitely not The Hills. But like that only lasted one season that was panned like critically. We've had a few other shows that just failed. So I think everyone was very like cautious, like coming into like The Real Housewives and just watching like, you know, rich women live their lives. And I think even when people kind of dip into Melbourne now as well for the first time, it does definitely start off slow and it doesn't feel like a Real Housewives show the second you kind of go into it because they kind of tried to make that whole storyline with Jackie coming into the show, like the new girl in town, like inserting herself into a group of friends, which isn't really like a story you see on like the US Housewives kind of thing. It's just like, yes, this group of women together that are friends already. It's not like this actual storyline. I think initially there was like people weren't that into it, but then it. I think the brilliance of those women and people like Gina for example just kind of like shone through and she became a personality within herself and I think as well the difference from us like here hearing like uncensored swearing like you watch the US ones and everything's bleeped out and you can't hear the intensity of it but like hearing these women like swear at each other and just like our accents are so grating but it's also like great to hear it and I think everyone just kind of started like falling in love at that point and if you're a reality tv fan you absolutely loved it and i think by season two it just kind of like blew up at that one at at that point and it's funny too because i have i just get the like i mean obviously every kind of country does version as you say they do versions of hit reality formats or they buy in a format or whatever but i do get the impression and this is just because it has made its way to our shores that like a lot of reality TV gets made in Australia and like most of it is to a pretty high standard in terms of like Married at First Sight Australia people have been obsessed with the Australian Love Island has played pretty well over here like there does seem to be like this I don't know great cultural Australian tradition of amazing reality TV yeah I think especially with especially with formats that aren't our own like we're very good at like taking an American or UK one and kind of doing our spin on it and it does do really well, like Bachelor here, like and Bachelorette are like massive here. And they yeah. do like Bachelor in Paradise for a few seasons. Maths is like the biggest show, like every year as well. And then, yeah, Love Island. The second season of Love Island, he did not do as well, but I believe they're going back into a third season anyway. But yeah, we've got, I think we are coming around to enjoying ourselves a bit. And I think we 
are fine with strangers on TV where I think when it's like these more like notable people, there seems to just already be this kind of like ick from the audience that don't want to see these people like living their lives that they've like read about and stuff like that. Like we don't embrace the celebrity in Australia. Like that's just a thing here. Like we don't seem to like want to like lift people up in that way, but we're happy watching like ordinary people in those formats. So I'm basically you're saying like there wouldn't be the Australian version of like when the Osbournes was huge, but people will watch randoms become famous who are like kind of not known before the show starts. Exactly. And also just like, I don't know if it's the same over in the UK, but I imagine it is because I see kind of, you know, they all end up on like Celebex on the beach and stuff like other MTV shows or other other formats and like ITV or whatever. And it's just like, it's so funny just watching these people after the show and what they try to make of themselves. And I'm sure it's the same like everywhere, but just like obviously what route they go down, whether it's like they start an OnlyFans account afterwards or if they're actually trying to, you know, start their own podcast or something like that. And it's just like like so interesting to watch all these like no names kind of try and do something themselves. And look, to be honest, they go out and make their own products. And I'm not saying any of our housewives are making any better products. I I've seen Gina's perfume in chemist warehouse for $10 recently. So it's like, they're not, (laughs) they don't have these huge brands that are like living on beyond them kind of thing. So it's not shocking that everyone else from these other formats aren't exactly, exactly like becoming stars. I actually, it's funny because on gas bagging, you've kind of talked about, trying to get your hands on housewives products and you were talking about the fact that you're trying to get i don't know if you said maybe i think one episode you said you bought a janet roach released like a line of tea bags and you got your hands on a box like can we discuss that for a moment yes well i have it sitting on my bench so tomorrow night when i'm recording with my friend he's from the uk and i I assume he's like you know a connoisseur of tea so i was going to make him taste (laughs) test the janet roach raw essentials tea so i bought Slim tea and collagen tea. So I'm not sure which oh. one I'm actually going to go with. I think maybe collagen for the fun of it. But yeah. So ten, ten also $10 for um, the tea bags as well. Can I ask, this is probably a bit of a naive question, but <laughs> just for us over here, like is $10 for a box of tea bags a standard price? Is that expensive? Because I'm like currency conversion. I don't know. It's, it's your higher end for some tea bags, okay. but <laughs> hers is meant to be specialty. So it's... I, I think it makes sense for what it's meant to be. So I hope it tastes like $10 as well. And what's slim tea and collagen tea? Like, what are the benefits of that? Look, I, I'm asking myself <laughs> the same question while looking at them on my bench. No, I think it's obviously to promote, I think I'm going to, I'm literally pulling this out of my ass, um, like promote collagen <laughs> in the skin and slim, I assume helping you lose weight i have no idea to be honest there's another one for menopause as well but i didn't think i needed that so i just left that one on the shelf but i'm gonna <laughs> gonna try these too like i'll loop back around to that one yeah. in a few years i think these products are like aimed more at me yeah oh my god Jana and her teas god bless her and um, let's talk about melbourne a bit actually because they did four seasons that were amazing and they kind of aired not like as back to back as they do with the american shows but kind of close together and there has been a significant break to the point where I think people thought the show wasn't going back. We found out last year, literally like, what, a week or two before COVID really hit Australia, but the whole world, that they were about to do a new season with Gina and Lydia back and uh, Janet. And was another returning cast member in that mix at the time? Yeah, Gamble as well. And Gamble was back as well. So, you know, it's like, oh my God, they've got Gina. That's the main thing. She is like the name for the show. Then they go on pause because of COVID. And then like about a month ago announced the show was going back to filming but they had lost Gina and Lydia and they brought back Jackie and another new person so I'm just like 
What do you make of that? And like, I mean, have you heard anything about them filming the new season or what might be happening? So like, just to explain the whole like spaced out part, it's such, I Mm -hmm. guess, like such a small, what do you call it, production world in Australia that basically they did a few seasons and then when Sydney was on, the same production company was making both shows. So it was kind of like one year on, one year off for each show because they expected like Sydney to keep going. And then, so like Mm -hmm. Melbourne one year, Sydney the following after that, after Sydney got cancelled, I think they were thinking about like the future of Melbourne and like season four did well. And then I think it just came down to like money, I assume, for a while there that kind of drew that like drew that process out for a bit. And then when they finally announced it, yes, they did like a whole like press thing and said like Gina, Lydia, Gamble and Jackie were coming back and three new women. So they dropped poor old Sally and um, Venus and Jackie was meant to go off and do her <laughs> whole um, IVF um, journey which now it looks like we're actually going to see on the new season now that she's pregnant, which is very exciting. Yeah, so basically they were meant to go into production and I wasn't sure if they started filming or not after that press event, but then Melbourne went into lockdown, as did the world. And then after we've kind of come back and it's like production's kind of all running again, they've done another press event. And from rumours I've heard, it was Gina wanted too much money to come back and she was already on the fence about even doing the show again. So that's kind of why she dropped out from that. And then Lydia, I don't, Lydia, I'm upset about, I must say. I, Lydia had a special place in my heart. And even though she was a problematic queen, I, um, I did want to see her again. It's nice. At least we got Jackie back. I could, I don't think I could have taken just Janet and, um, Gamble steering the ship there. So, um, yeah. And so my understanding is they went straight after that recent press event where they announced, um, the new girl plus Jackie coming back and poor Lydia and Gina going, they've started filming. And I just read as well that, so Kyla, who is one of the new girls who's called their champagne dame, um, who's got her own <laughs> champagne company. Um, they've done a uh, event in Sydney. So they're filming up here recently. And apparently the drama at the moment from rumors is that uh, Janet and Kyla are fighting at the moment. So that's the drama going on, which I can't wait for. And they've also filmed their group trip. I hope somewhat that was in like the same announcement that I heard that they've filmed the group trip and they're in Sydney. I hope the group trip is not Sydney because that's just like, that's not like the flight from Sydney to Melbourne can cost you like 40 bucks at the moment. So that's not a group trip in like my (laughs) eyes and it's not glamorous, but anyway, we're meant to get the season before the end of the year is also what I've heard. So I'm can't, I honestly can't wait. It's been too long, far too long. I know. I mean, I, at one point was like, Oh, it's just not going to come back. If it's cause I knew I'd heard that about the, production company kind of uh, like happened to space them out because it's not like in the US where different production companies do different shows so there's always one following the other but I actually wanted to ask you about the press release photo shoot thing they did because that's just so not something like they've started changing the format a bit in the US where they now will tell you that someone has been cast for a new season but like for years they wouldn't they just announce it with a trailer or, or cast photo so that kind of press call thing, is that just a thing that they do in Australian media or was that just something they were doing to drum up interest in Housewives? It's weird. I th- it was just a drum up, I think, the interest in Housewives as well and just make people excited for, like, the platform it's on because they, they hadn't really done any local production in a while. So it isn't the usual way to do things. Like, here we'll have a reality show film and there'll be, like, rumours, like, oh, we've seen them filming or something or someone's filming with them, like, on other reality shows. But... Usually until something's in the bag or almost all the way done, there won't be like a press release that comes out or anything about it. So I think this was really just giving the fans something, giving something, 
for the press to write about and probably also like letting you know the mags know that this is going on so there can start be you know leaks or people talking about it just to have that interest there as well so yes it's not a usual thing and also just having two press conferences and no show to deliver that's also just hard to kind of cop as well so I'm hoping we actually see something by the end of the year yeah and it's also like then they're all being interviewed and they're like oh yeah I can't wait to start filming and I'm like so you have no idea whereas like if they were doing the press call having filmed the season and maybe they're saying oh, well, you'll see some long-standing friendships change. Like, there'd be a way to, like, kind of tee up things in the press. Instead, they're like, oh, I can't wait. And it's like, so you've not even filmed a scene with these women. Exactly. And that was, like, the new girl, Simone, that they announced the last one. Like, didn't even know these women. She goes, I can't wait to get to, like, meet these women. So I feel like her, like, coming out from behind the curtain was the first time she's ever made eye contact with, like, you know, Gamble, like. So that's just like a very odd dynamic, I guess, and also just like getting people to talk about a show that doesn't exist yet as well. They could almost deliver like a friend of performance for the season. You don't know that. So it's like really like, you know, putting your balls on the table going, oh, here you go. Like this woman's a full-time housewife. You don't know what she's going to do. So yeah, it is odd. Yeah, because in the US, sometimes people have gone in under the assumption they're going to be full-time cast member and then it shakes out that maybe certain family members won't let them do X so they can't be full-time or production just goes, we didn't think you brought enough so we're going to have to present you as a friend of whereas <laughs> Melbourne they're like you're good girl <laughs> get in that cast yeah well like they never announced Paul Manuela as a friend of beforehand so that's just like a shame but thank god she managed the reunion couch so uh Gamble could deliver her line to her which was great <laughs> oh my god I I actually re- like I st- I watched like five minutes of the first episode of Melbourne last night just on my phone in bed and I was like you know what I'm actually gonna go back and watch this because I just even when they played the opening credits I was like I need to relive this and like the like the opening introduction where it's just like shots of boutiques and they're like in Melbourne you can get invited to all the right parties I was like I'm in bring me back I need this back in my life I know I've been re-watching Melbourne recently and it's just it's a gift and I to be honest I never was a huge fan of Jackie all the way through and then as I've been doing my rewatch, she's just, like, so chaotic at these dinners and just such, like, trash as well. Like, where she's from in Australia, Newcastle, like, fits her to a T. And it's just, like, the way she, like, points – when she's, like, yelling at someone at a dinner and one eye closes and the other one's open when she's, like, just swearing yes. at people. It's <laughs> she just – kind of points at one finger. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just – it's beautiful to watch. And I was kind of like, oh, I'm happy to have her back. But then finding out she was pregnant, I'm like, oh, I don't know if we just get this from you when you're, like, drunk at a dinner. So I hope we still get some of those Jackie moments, even though she's carrying twins, but we'll see. Well, I mean, like, obviously – when people are pregnant, not every pregnant person, like, is really hormonal and whatever. But Jackie is a very, like, brash, like, larger-than-life, quite, like, full-on personality. And I, I feel like, okay, she's not going to be drinking, but I could see, like, Jackie embracing, like, I'm pregnant and my hormones are crazy and just being, like, <sighs> so I, in a weird way, I'm like, I feel like Jackie will be fine. Like, I think Jackie will still bring the mess. She'll still have psychic vibes which is still iconic to me that like oh you just never like get that on the us one like someone being like i'm a psychic <laughs> and no one like questions it like all the women around are going like jackie's great like besides like obviously gina at the beginning saying it wasn't a grandmother it was a demon darling but like other than that <laughs> that was a demon like, saying that it's was a demonic demon. <laughs> that's demonic um it's it's just like you don't get that like everyone just like literally like talks her up all the time and just like accepts that as is and anytime like I do love when she does a reading though like the scribbling of the pen on the paper and everything it's just like a 
it's amazing to watch. I wonder, does she must charge a fortune for psychic readings now? Because to be fair, I mean, I don't know if there's a long list of famous Australian psychics I'm not aware of, but like she must have it's a pretty not. high profile. Um, <laughs> you're like, yeah, there's not a podcast in that. Um, but like she must charge a lot of money because like people pay for that stuff anyway. And then if you're someone who's been on TV doing it, like that would just raise your profile so much. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. And also that I don't, I can't, I still can't comprehend how that shine it up tour like happened. Like that was a thing people went and paid oh, money yeah, for. Yeah. Like so that the fact that she can tour around and have like rooms filled with people that want to hear from her, that's just amazing. And yes, I do think she's charging an insane amount of money for it. So that's where and also her husband's not making any music I'm hearing. So I assume she might be like doing the heavy lifting there. And is her husband actually like quite famous and a big deal rock star? Because she she's always like, oh, I'm married to Johnny Depp. And I'll be watching and be like, you are you are not married to Johnny Depp, but maybe he's massive in Australia. And I don't realize. No. So that that was that was the hard thing to watch. So when you first started watching it and she was talking about what a rock star her husband was, I was like, you're delusional. Your <laughs> husband is not a rock star. I don't know what planet you're living on. He's. The band he was in were really big, like, in the 90s, and, like, everyone knew the name of him, but everyone knew the lead singer. Like, no one knew him. Like, obviously, like, fans would know who he was, but, like, to the general consumer, you had no idea, like, who he was in the band. There was three of them, but, like, you were only looking at the lead singer. So her kind of, like, going on those rants about what a rock star he is, it's just, it's a bit of a stretch. I just think we look, oh, my rock and roll boyfriend, my husband. It's like, oh my God, this is so cringe. Anyway, oh, the that's, wor- that's well, the, why we love it. Yeah, no, honestly, but I, you've just made me like flashback to that scene in season one where she's going to like throw the party at the house and she's with the party planners and she's saying they're going, oh, um, yeah, I don't want any like randoms hearing like, you know, there's a party of the rock star and they're rocking up and oh, fucking sick and they're going to come in here. Like she just like thinks people are like clamoring to get in their house. It's just, it's just a world of delusion for poor Jackie. <laughs> It's a weird delusion for all of the Melbourne Housewives and that's why I, like, it sounds like it'll be end of 2021. I'm like, do you know what? Hook it to my veins. Who knows where we'll be by the end of this year after more COVID nonsense. So I'm like, let's talk about Sydney a little bit because we were we mentioned it there. Sydney had one season and I remember when I watched Sydney, I, part of me is like, wow, they're really going there. This cast is so over the top. But also I was thinking, wow, they're really going there. This cast is too over the top because they came in so hot. Like that, I always say to people who haven't watched Sydney, it's like the way they act for each other in the first episode is like, it's like their fifth season filming and they all hate each other already. Like they were just crazy. Like how did that go down? I mean, and you're you're in Sydney, aren't you? So I'm sure maybe it was weird watching it and seeing like somewhere you live on TV. But like, what was the reaction to it in Australia? I think everyone just thought it was too hot out of the gate. Like that first episode where Athena was just coming at Victoria and Victoria like threw her cape like off the building. The the thing I also need to clarify, and I, I hate like breaking down like the whole cinema of it all that cape (laughs) would not have gone in the water. So there's like a walkway beneath where um, like that building is like where like tourists walk past, it would have hit the ground, but it was only Maddie saying, did that go in the water? Like that, that's the only reason like people think that happened. And there's that illusion that you can see the water in the background that that actually happened. So that's the thing that kind of killed me being like, Oh, she, she could have walked downstairs and picked it up. It's not a big deal, but I think, <laughs> yeah. but, but the actual like look of it was like much more dramatic. So I appreciate that. I think that that was this similar reaction though, that you had where it's just like too, it was just too intense for like a normal viewer. And also it got kind of, 
Gogglebox over here. I think it's is that big over there? Is it called People's Couch or something? Like, is there a version? Yeah, of no, that? we've Gogglebox. There's uh, there's the original like UK version, and there's actually an Irish version of Gogglebox that is also really. F- I don't know if that airs anywhere else, but like the Irish one is really funny. So like Gogglebox is definitely a format that people know here. Yeah, so that like they watch Sydney on that, and Gogglebox is quite a big show here. So they kind of just like tore it apart as well. So I don't think that kind of like helped people get into it in a way and they were all just like kind of shocked by it as well and I guess that was like the general reaction from the public as well I think the biggest thing that like worked against that show and you've probably heard like similar things but all the Melbourne seasons got sold to like the US and um over like overseas in different markets and stuff but Sydney was the only one that didn't make it to the US because apparently they got the feedback that it was like too aggressive to show and so that was kind of like the nail in the coffin because they were kind of you know, banking on that being like sold over in like other markets. So, and I know like other regions have like seen it since, and there's like, an, I think a new appreciation for it, like since it's aired and like me on rewatches, I'm just like, oh wow, this is like so good. Even though it was like so intense at the time, I like, I really appreciate that this like exists <laughs> at the end of the day. There is just something about Sydney, like that was both fascinating, but you did feel like how will they ever get multiple seasons ever? Cause they were just like, People are mean on Housewives, but on Sydney, it felt like they were all really extra mean all the time. Like, just the way, like, was it, like, Chrissy was the one girl they all basically told her she was a slut. So they kept being like, oh, Chrissy, you're such a whore. And it was like, Chrissy, just a single. Like, I don't see this narrative that Chrissy is, like, out, like, shagging someone every night of the week. And so what if she is? Like, they really went after each other. It was, yeah, it was insane. Like, I don't know. Yeah, Chrissy, there was like, well, Lisa, especially going after like the big yeah. cocks you've sucked, the small cocks you've sucked. Like, I try to get to know you, and all you do is act like a slut. And that's like, that, like. Lisa was horrible. Oh, horrible. she was like, too much. But I think she was like, she was going through obviously like a lot of pain in her divorce as well. So I think she was just like acting out like at the time while she was on camera, also probably just like a bit of an insane person as well just like didn't come across well but yeah put like I didn't mind Chrissy I've heard things about Chrissy in general like like walking around in public that are a bit like suggest that she is a bit of a dickhead and a bit like so one of my friends was actually at a party a few weeks ago and um it must have been like a mutual friend of theirs um Chrissy was friends with and she came up to her boyfriend and started like like kind of like touching his beard and saying, oh, you should shave that. You look better with it shaved, which is <gasps> crazy because I and I was re-watching the first um, Real Housewives of Sydney episode and she says the same thing to the bartender they're at, at the, in the first episode. And she goes, oh, you're cute. You look better with that, like your beard shave though. And I was just like, oh, my God, is she just like running around Sydney, like saying this to every guy with a beard she's attracted to, like just telling them to shave it, like just find someone else. Like, Oh, my God, that's her line that she uses on guys. Like, oh, that is so weird. Oh, my God. Yeah. And she's still peddling that around like, you know, post COVID, like she hasn't developed at all. (laughs) You know, you had a year to like work on a new line, Chrissy. That's actually that I meant to ask you that. Have you had any... Uh, run-ins with any housewives I'm like I mean maybe you've run, run in with someone from Sydney or Melbourne yourself or seen them in the wild I've seen so Maddie Samai from Sydney I have seen once and it was she was like sat next to me at a cafe with her dog and her daughter and like by the person I was with hadn't actually watched Sydney so didn't understand the like panic I was having not knowing what to do in the moment <laughs> like whether to actually say like hello love you that kind of thing 
but I was just like sitting there like listening intensely to her like talking on the phone and someone was trying to book in at Maddie Spa by Maddie, her business. And she was like talking to them about <laughs> how they don't charge the area that they inject, but by unit. So that was like lovely to hear, like, you know, that side of her life, the business side. So that was my only like seeing her around. I've heard like random stories about like the women at like press events and stuff. And do you know what? More bad stories about um, Chrissy actually. So like Chrissy just, um, she, when she's like standing in a line event, she'll be like, oh, why aren't we like at the front or like, why aren't we being let in or something? Like can't wait for anything. So to be honest, from the bits and pieces I've heard from people, she does actually sound like a nightmare, but I did enjoy her on the show. Like I'll give her that. The funniest thing post-show that I guess no one would have seen on that side of the world is that Victoria has kept like popping up but like not meaning to. So she ended up like there was leaked footage from the show that happened well after it aired where when they were I in- saw this. This is Victoria from Sydney and they were on a car strip or something, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, so when they were in Singapore, it was after she had like had yes. thrown the drink at Athena and kind of walked off to the side. There was one of the producers was trying to like stop her from leaving and she was asking where like her handbag was. And then he must have like grabbed her by the arm or something to try and like tell her to stop. And she basically said like, don't touch me. Everyone here hates you. You're a stupid little poofter. And just like said that. And everyone was just like shocked by that. And they released it on like a radio show here. And like, everyone was like talking about it. So she had like a second life after the show, obviously in a very like bad light, which was quite like ironic in a way because her whole stance at the end of season one when they had that doggy wedding that was meant to promote like same-sex marriage at the time her whole oh thing yeah was, like she's this like advocate and had like spoken to her friends but then like you know like a year or so after seeing her call a producer a stupid little poofter so like it doesn't actually i don't know that doesn't compute to me but so that was kind of fascinating and then this is like the most random thing in the world um, in Sydney at Bondi, where like Victoria's apartments are, there was this like Land Rover that had smashed through like the railings and fallen like onto a public walkway. Like no one was hurt, but like this car had like oh my god, the handbrake had come off and like smashed and come over. And then so there was all this like news coverage, whatever. And then the woman whose land like Land Rover it was had taken refuge in Victoria's house because she'd obviously known her. So like the press were like at Victoria's door, like trying like knocking to go in she opens up the door and she says to them she goes you all were terrible to me when I was on the housewives I'm not talking to you and then just like closes the door but the saddest thing about it she's wearing a black t-shirt that says like housewife on it so she's like still wearing the merch (laughs) that she must have got like at the time of filming but like also wants nothing to do with the housewives while she's wearing a housewife shirt like it's all just like too good oh my god that i can actually because she had a really specific kind of like tone of voice and like the way she delivered things i can actually hear her saying that to the press and i actually saw that video of her like that behind the scenes footage at least and it was really shocking and it was kind of thing I'm like they'd never do that to an American housewife city like because they're so strict about everything like not leaking yeah. so I remember thinking that is messy that that happens yeah and I just don't know how like it's so weird that like footage like that was leaked if it was like you know an actual producer that had filmed it themselves or if it was like leaked footage of someone like running around with an actual like you know camera from a production company that was just like so odd that we got to see that because as you said you never see that on like the US side, like it's completely like cameras are down, like no one else is filming something when they're filming. So it's like weird to kind of get that angle on it. Okay, so let's talk about some of the US cities. So as we're talking, we're a few weeks into Housewives in New York and there's been this kind of like 
like some people are like, oh, it's not going to be a good season. It's not the same. Or as I just think it's a different energy. How do you feel about New York at the moment? And it sounds like you've had quite an intense uh, viewing experience at New York in general. So maybe, like, I don't know, maybe you're just shook that you're still watching it week on week. I know. I, yeah, I'm still still reeling from that after years. <laughs> uh, no, I say I, I didn't have a problem with, I, when Bethany left and everyone was like up in arms, like, oh, it's not going to be the same. I enjoyed last season so much. I thought Leah was a good addition. Um, I enjoyed like Tinsy's kind of like wrap up and stuff. I thought Dorinda obviously went too far that season as well. So I think it was kind of right that she needed like a rest. But also having said that, I probably would have accepted seeing her back again. I think I just need rests in between reunions and new seasons. And I kind of, my mind changes again, unless they've done something really horrific. But this season I'm enjoying Ebony. Leah, I don't hate yet, but I think from what I've seen in between the seasons, like her social media activity, the rumors I've heard of how about she's like, you know, going to go after Heather and all that kind of stuff. It seems like she's just coming a bit, bit too like big now, like as in she thinks like she had such a good first season that now she's going to like rule the roost kind of thing. And it's just, I fear for that because I think she did like was such a good, like fresh energy for the show, but I just don't want her to kind of, control the narrative or like produce it too much. Like I don't think she has that kind of natural Bethany energy who knew how to produce a show while still like being in it. Like I think like even like the most recent episodes where she was like reading out things that like Heather has said on her podcast and stuff, like it's just a bit too like literal. Like you should be able to actually see people like interacting and like seeing that there's not a friendship there or something like that and question that not kind of like bring up stuff that I know like a podcast does exist in that universe but it almost feels like separate to me like these people kind of talking in interviews about the housewives experience I feel like that's a bit too like breaking the fourth wall a bit so I don't like that aspect but having said that I am I do just always enjoy like hanging out with these women do I want Luann to be sober not so much um, do I want Sonia to be a little bit more sober? Yes. Um, but like, it's just, I'm enjoying myself. I just, I'll guess I'll say that at the end of the day, but I, I have fears. That's the only thing. I'm, I feel much the same. I'm like, I will watch these women read a shopping list oh. anyway. So I'm like, I'm, I'm down for the ride, but also I do wonder where it'll go. But then also, I don't know, even a, like a quote unquote bad season in New York is still really entertaining because there's just there is a dynamic there yeah and i think you're you, you're i know what you mean about the heather leah stuff like it was weird in recent episodes watching them basically discuss how they were going to take on this person it just as you say i kind of want them to just hang out and then someone just go oh by the way like i heard a podcast and then go from there it feels a little bit like it's odd for them to set up basically like a possible murder scene, you know, with like a come a visiting guest. It's a little bit like this is going to end in tears, but we'll see. Um, Beverly Hills, as we we're chatting, has only had one episode back, but like, how are we feeling about season eleven? What are we thinking? I am very hopeful. I I really enjoyed the first episode. I will say nothing happened, but I really enjoyed like meeting Crystal. Like her subtle shade at Dorit was yes. very welcome. Yes. Um, I, Kathy is insane and I feel like mm-hmm. we're getting like, like Kim Richards without the trauma, which is great. Like we're getting that like kookiness without all the darkness. So, but having said that, I feel like with the Richards family, if you dig just a little bit, there is like so much darkness there. So I wouldn't be surprised if we kind of get a bit of that at some point during the season. And I'm so happy to have Garcelle back as well. Like she mm-hmm. has just 
become an absolute star for me. Even though she wasn't as involved last season in the drama, I think she took like a backseat at the right time, supported Denise in the way she should have. And I think she just became like a fan favorite by like not inserting herself the same way the other women were. And I think she's come back, like come back this season on top essentially. Yeah. And it feels like she is going to be kind of center diamond in a way now, just in terms of her vibe with the women, which I'm very excited about. We've just kind of, we've, we're near, like we're kind of wrapping up on Jersey, but I feel like New Jersey's had a really good season and I can't tell if it's just a great cast or the fact that the show actually runs a bit shorter which I think maybe works in its favor yeah I I also think the thing that's benefited them this season is that they just pretended COVID didn't exist like I think that's like their approach to it just doesn't seem like it's a problem there I think the shorter run definitely helps like I just don't think they have as much story as these other women as well and I guess because they're such like a close-knit kind of group it doesn't really extend beyond them where Beverly Hills there's so many things like outside of them that kind of affects what's going on as well that kind of pushes those stories in like different directions so but I did enjoy this season I am the biggest like Jennifer Aiden fan and I know people have recently come around to her but I really enjoy her and I know that's a very divisive thing like I had my friend Kate on a podcast a few weeks ago and she could not stand her has finally started to like her now but I was always a fan of her I just think she's an absolute instigator and I just I appreciate that <laughs> in a housewife and I think the family stuff this season's been like absolutely fascinating I really appreciate that Jennifer like shares so much like her one-on-one life stuff is actually some of the most interesting in that vein because sometimes in housewives when they go to their own lives outside of the other women I'm a bit like oh this is boring I find her a little bit too much at the women sometimes where it's almost like she's trying to her but she is like she is very compelling all the same now that the reunions like started and i guess like ending this week but she just knows how to bring it at a reunion i know last reunion everyone couldn't stand her because she just like didn't actually shut up the entire time but anytime she's going after melissa and just calling out how manufactured like (laughs) melissa's storylines are and stuff like that that's exactly what i'm thinking i think there's the Uh, there's something to uncover there with Joe as well. Like there's something about his business. That's an absolute scam. Like he needs to be like Jen Shard. Like this is something is going to like come (laughs) out about him and I'm sitting and waiting for it to happen. So we're alleging and and fabricating. There's a Jen Shard moment in Joe, Joe Gorga's future. He's kind of, there's something up there. (laughs) I kind of like in a way I'm like from a cold blooded, like reality TV viewer point of view, I'm like, bring it on. That sounds so juicy. But then I'm also like, hasn't Teresa and her adjacent family members been there enough? Like, if there was another criminal in the family, I don't think it would. I feel like her head would explode. Yeah, I don't, I think, yeah, I don't think Teresa would be able to comprehend something like that again. But uh, you know what? If it doesn't directly affect her, I think it'll be fine. And she might enjoy seeing Melissa go through something. Yeah, the way she always kind of low key hates Melissa, even when they're good, is see, people like I understand some of the Melissa shade, but I actually. I find their dynamic, like the Teresa, Melissa, Joe thing really interesting because it's like, even if nothing, quote unquote, is going on there, like there is a real kind of relationship there. And there's so much tension in it that I'm just like, I find it fascinating, even though sometimes Melissa's like, let's concoct a storyline for me and my husband's antics are a little bit, they do wear a little bit thin. The whole like Melissa walking to the car before him or like leaving without him, that was just like, so like it was non-drama and I just couldn't stand that that took so much like airtime up and it was just like that fake fight in the van and everything it just wasn't I didn't buy into any of it 
yeah, we'll see. I wouldn't be surprised if they like um, scale back Melissa's role a little bit in future seasons. And um, I'm excited to ask you about this because as we're talking, I haven't really talked to anybody about this yet. So we have a trailer for the next season of Potomac, which comes out in July and I'm living for because they just had an incredible season five and they kind of went straight into filming season six after the explosive reunion. So what did you make of the trailer and what are you hoping for with uh, Potomac's return? I, when I originally started watching it, I saw like the Vaseline over the lens, which made me think of like RuPaul season one. Like that was kind of putting <laughs> at the beginning. Yeah, very that. But, yeah. uh, but it looks great. I think it like, obviously the pace of it was a bit, slower but I think the stuff that was kind of addressed towards the end of it is very juicy like the whole like Wendy's husband possibly being like I don't know like fooling around or something like that and the fact that Giselle's the one that's going to bring it up and Wendy's going to turn on her I think that's fantastic Karen fighting with Giselle I'd watch that same way you say you can watch um like you know the Roni women like order off a menu I can watch like Giselle and Karen go back and forth with each other for days um and Ashley and Michael are just bound to be you know horrific ever since like that finale as well so I I'm here for all of it and Mia looks fun as well yeah it it definitely seems promising and as you say there's such history with a lot of these cast members like there's four people on that show who've been around since the first season and there's people on the show who have long-term relationships with each other before the show started so it just feels like there's so much that will like just naturally happen. And I do get the impression they're going to make Giselle a bit more of a villain because I actually really enjoy Giselle, problematic as that sounds. But I also know that you could turn her on a dime edit-wise and she could come off even worse. So I'm kind of like, what are they going to do with Giselle this season? Oh, I would love a Giselle villain edit. I just think that will make, it'll make her like costume seem more, you know, like worthy. Like it, like that's a spin to her. Like it's like, she's a villainess, like wearing like a horrific outfit. So I think that's like, and it'd be so good for Halloween as well. So yeah, I fully support that. It would finally give us a reason for her questionable home decor and fashion choices. So in that, for that reason alone, we hope and pray. <laughs> we hope and pray. We we just wrapped a kind of um I feels like less than stellar season of Atlanta, but now there's obviously all this Porsche drama with her going out with Fallon's uh re- very recently ex-husband. Like, do you think we're gonna have a juicier season of Atlanta when that comes back? Or like do you think they need to like recast or do something different with it? I do think they need to shake it up. I think they did suffer obviously from like the COVID of it all at the start. Like it was kind of hard for them to kind of film together and everything, and you could definitely see that in the beginning of the season, I think they need something that's different to Kenya versus Portia. So if they need to throw like a charade back in the mix or something like that, or even like Phaedra coming back, I think that's essential. I think they need an oldie back there and maybe some like fresh people as well. I wouldn't care if I didn't see Toya again. I wouldn't really care if like Drew, I did like towards the end of the season, but then I think she came a bit undone in the reunion. So take or leave Mm. really um and cynthia like beautiful stunning woman gotta go (laughs) oh no (laughs) that was i wasn't expecting you to say that (laughs) you really so like beautiful stunning one of my you're like get her out of here (laughs) (laughs) it's time to go poor cynthia (laughs) okay well I, I I mean, I kind of want to keep Cynthia around, but I, I see where you're coming from. Um, I want to I, I ask you this, but I'm also kind of laughing because I know that this comes up on your podcast as well. Okay. So I don't know if you have like backup 
one's ready, but I'm so curious what your housewives tagline would be and why. Okay, I've been struggling with this for weeks because, yes, I asked the same thing, but then I don't know how to answer it myself. So the latest one I've come up (laughs) with, which is I feel like they should apply to, like, what's happening in your life right at that moment. Like, this is your season right now. So mine at Mm -hmm. the moment is... I'm making memes and falling apart at the seams and that's it because I'm starting this podcast (laughs) and I've created like an account where I'm making memes and I'm just, I'm having an existential crisis at the same time. So I feel like that applies at the moment. Oh yeah. I actually can hear like, like that's actually amazing because I can just hear in a real housewife's voice. While I make memes, my life falls apart at the seams. Like you can just, it's almost like. You even just reworded it then. It was like 10 times better. So. I like that. It's yeah. It should it should apply to what's going on in your life. Because I was like, maybe there's like some kind of Sydney related pun you can do. But I actually think it should probably be based on your life. We do this thing with my friends, and this is when we're very drunk. Like a few others that watch Real Housewives. Well, and this is uh, I'm ashamed again to say this, but it happens. Um, we'll put on like one of the city's uh, Real Housewives themes, like the instrumental of like Real Housewives of Beverly Hills <laughs> or Atlanta. And yeah, we'll just yeah, like yeah, yeah. appear from a room and like spin, say the line and go back out. But we'll give it a theme, like as in we'll say like, these lines are about you've just been in prison for last season, you've come out, now say it, that kind of thing. As in like, so we'll give it all, like you've just, you've declared bankruptcy, that's the theme. And then you've got to like come up with something. It's like a really oh like God. housewives version of improv, I guess, but it's sad. That <laughs> yes, it, it is. Yeah. It literally is. That's literally like like again, improv there's all these kind of weird um formats. They're like, we're doing Armando or like this means we do a monologue and then the audience gives us a word and we do scenes based off. It's literally like if there was a housewives improv group, that's what you would do. Oh my god, that that's my ideal. Maybe no, that's no, maybe I should start situation. classes for that, just a like a housewives <laughs> yeah. improv group. There's there's so much material. <laughs> You and you'd have to dress like in the stereotypical like, um, like th- theater teacher outfit. You'd have like a black polo neck and some kind of a shawl, and mm. you'd have, like, re- like, like really elaborate glass. And like, welcome to my housewives improv class. You'd be taking it really seriously. Love that. I'd sign up for you. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I also love the idea that you just hit play on like um a housewives theme instrumental because some of them are bops, to be honest. Oh, they're great. I, I really like the Melbourne one. Beverly Hills is quite good as well. Do you know what? Oh, actually, I think one of, even though the show yet yeah, obviously failed, the Miami one with like the tiny bit of singing in it is just yeah. so much fun. Like, and I really, I remember that I never, never wanted to skip that. I was always like, oh, this is great. Like every time. And I'm just at the end of it like Miami. Like I always like sung along with it. It was great. Yeah. And the fact that it was kind of a pop song, like that's unusual. Yeah. Um, I have such a... I have such a fondness for the more recent New York one because it's actually like such a, it's so like glamorous, like like the da, 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 da. like when I hear it, I'm like, oh, I could walk down the streets in New York to that. Like it's just so ridiculous. They're so good at reinventing themselves with the New York one. Like I like you. There's a real like shift when you sit, like when you hear the music change, like in the seasons. It's like I I love it. It's my favorite part when I see the taglines come out. Yeah, it's probably the one show where I rarely, I don't always skip the credits. Like you know, in Netflix, I'd like skip intro, but with Housewives, I'm like, no, actually, I won't be skipping the intro no. to this. Oh, and I have to say, I've just I'm kind of Housewives adjacent, but I've just started watching Married to Medicine Atlanta. That has one of the best theme songs I've ever heard, like, honestly, and I highly recommend. Even if no one wants to watch the show, just go watch the opening theme Oh, I've YouTube. seen, yeah. 
isn't it like paging Dr. Heavenly? It's like, yeah, you know, like it's, it's a total like bop. Jack, yeah, Dr. Yeah. Simone, Dr. Heavenly, Lisa Nicole, Toya, Quad. It's so good. <laughs> it must be really fun for them to like re-record that every season of People Don't Come Back. Do you know kind of way? Like, yeah, like fitting it to the, the beat. It's like so hard. But yeah, good. They've done a fantastic <laughs> yeah. job. I would kind of love that on like New York. Luann. Leah. Oh, let's let's just get Luann doing everyone's like just her her like baritone coming in. It it'd be like the part in um Chic Say La Vie where she shouts out all the current cast members. She's like Sonia, her man, <laughs> Kelly, the jelly beans. Oh, they could do one of those Cindy for every city. And her crystals. Oh god. <laughs> and then I just love as well when she just says Alex and Simon, and I'll bring the diamonds. Nothing AKA about them. Enough. Just like they can just bring themselves. That's enough. It's like, I couldn't think of a rhyme for Alex and Simon, so I'll just throw this one in instead. Okay, so that... Oh, sorry, just quickly, did you see that Luann announced on Wendy Williams she's doing a Christmas song this year? (laughs) Oh my god. I need to watch Luann and Wendy Williams because I want to see Wendy react to that news. Oh my god. Oh, I can't wait. I'm the best news of the year. You're doing a Christmas song? Okay, (laughs) yeah. Uh Uh-huh. It's May, but yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Great. (laughs) That is such a good Wendy. Sorry, you can't see my face, but like, I was quite shocked by that. That was great. So this is something I ask guests all the time, and I have a feeling you're going to come out swinging on this because you have watched so much Housewives, and we have Australia in the mix, so I'm very excited about that. But you're throwing a Housewives dinner party tomorrow. You can have five guests. They can be Housewives, friends of, husbands, like side characters whoever what five people are coming to your place and why so i have i started doing it and i got far too new york heavy and i was like do you know what i'm gonna actually choose like one from every city just so i can actually enjoy some different company because it was almost going to be like purely new york i also wanted that what's that guy from you know the one that has like slept with oh my god the gay guy that talks about Luann and he's at that party and Dorinda kicks him out. He's like got like, he's in one scene and he's like drunk off his face. Oh yeah. I think, I, are you talking about Ray? I think Ray was straight. Oh yes. Yes. Oh, well, did I say, I said gay guy, didn't I? Sorry. <laughs> Ray would be there actually, but let's, I'm not going to let him take up a spot, but he can come to the after party or something. Anyway, I was thinking of Ray. His name escaped to me for a second. Um, <laughs> you were like gay, Ray, reggae. That's where my mind went. No. Um, but on, yeah. So from New York, I would take Luann, but not sober. Like I can't take... Oh, I can't oh. take Luann with her. Fro- was it Fose that she's having at the moment? Yeah. If she decides to yeah. come and have a drink, that's fine. Sonia, I'll take not drunk if Luann can't attend without the Fose. So they're interchangeable in that sense. <laughs> Karen Huger, I would bring along. Okay. I think when you see her, when she's been actually like, you know, drinking with the girls, I like kind of, you know, opens up a bit. She's a good time. Like I know she kind of holds herself like quite uptight during like a lot of events and stuff like that but when she kind of breaks down a bit i think she's a really good time and i just have to have someone from potomac there so why not the grand dame herself for melbourne i would say janet roach i just you saw her get a black eye from tequila so you know she's gonna enjoy herself like at the party so <laughs> i, I couldn't about that so I could not go past her with that. I think she'll have a great time. We'll go out after the dinner. So I will say, like, I love Lydia, but I just think sitting down at a dinner table with her, I can't have a conversation. So we're just going to – actually, having – I don't know if you know, but Lydia actually has functions at her house in Melbourne called Lydia's Kitchen. I think she may have mentioned it on the show. 
where she you can buy tickets to yeah. it. And it costs like we if she's actually just reopened it, it's two hundred and sixty dollars Australian to go for the night. Although it's expensive, I'm really considering it. Um, so we'll set. We might- oh my god, if you. <laughs> If you do that, I would be so jealous. I've seen her. I they said they used to show that on the show, and I used to see her on her Instagram. And like sometimes Gina would be there. Like, can you imagine going to dinner in Lydia's house and Gina just walks I'd lose in, my in mind. full drag halfway through the dinner, <laughs> and like Lydia going, "Wow, yeah, wow, wow!" wow. <laughs> I drive an absolute train. Oh, Fix is here. Wow, wow, oh, Fix. Oh, Fig, Figs with his anxiety. The poor thing. God, point a camera at him and he like shits himself. <laughs> the board, the most like troubled housewife dog of all time. Absolutely. So we've got Lu- Luan, Sonia. Oh well, Luan. Sorry, and Luan. Interchangeable. Um, Karen. Yes, yes. Janet Roach from Sydney. I would take Maddie Samar. She didn't have like from people who have like watched the show. She didn't have like the biggest impact on the show, but she's kind of had this life outside of the show that me and my friends have followed very closely, and she just seems like an absolute blast to have out. So I would one hundred percent invite her. And then from Beverly Hills, I would actually, new entry, but I would say Garcelle. Oh my God, mate. Yeah, she'd be great for a dinner. Absolutely. I feel like she'd be really fun. Yeah. yeah. I've noticed there's a strong theme here of people you want to drink excessive amounts of alcohol with. That's a thread here. Yes. I know that doesn't sound like the most healthiest <laughs> thing and like, sorry to anyone that that's too much to hear, but I, yeah, I just want people to have a good time with at the dinner. So I kind of went with that theme with it because- there's too many people I love from like different city. Like I would have like said like Taylor Armstrong as in someone who I appreciate for what she added to the show, but like, I'm not going to sit there and like enjoy a wine with her. I don't think like, so it's just like, it's, it's kind of hard to like cut it down to like five women when I've just like poured over these shows for so long. It is, it was really tough. Yeah. I actually, sometimes I, I like asking this question just to hear some people go, Oh God, oh, Jesus. Like some people really like, they're like, they're like, I couldn't think of a tagline. I'm like, I think of it. like they start freaking out. I'm like, it's not that deep. And they're like, can I have more? I'm like, yeah, sure. Like people are really like, well, that's six people. I'm like, it's fine. You can, we'll extend the table. Like they think it's like a real, yeah, of course a real stressful situation for people. <laughs> I should say as well, speaking of Maddie from Housewives of Sydney, if you listen to Gas Bagging, which is Dan's podcast, or if you even listen to the trailer, one of Dan's friends does the most uncanny impression of Matt. Like, I listened to trailer and I was like, if you didn't tell me this was an impression, I would assume it was actually Maddie from Housewives of Sydney. So there, there, there's that if you're a Sydney fan. Like, I think I think we don't realise how much of a big deal Maddie is for you and your friends. Yeah, and I think people could, like, watch Sydney and go, like, what did you see in her? But it's everything else since. It's like, she's such a, like, a, she's a vape queen as well now. Like, she just, like, it's so <laughs> good. And she just has such a good time with her dogs and she cooks some amazing Persian food. So it's a, it's a journey to watch. And she'd probably bring food to the dinner. Although it sounds again like there wouldn't be much food at your dinner. It'd probably be like quite tequila. It'd be like there'd be an array of beverages. Yes, <laughs> be <food>. absolutely. And <laughs> um, so you've watched basically everything, but is there like a city, like if you were thinking about your housewives viewing habits or your housewives journey, like is there a city you're dying to like get into properly or one that you want to rewatch or even just one that's coming back that you're really excited about? I'm really excited for Potomac. Like that has taken such a special place in my heart especially after like the last season my like Potomac was when I jumped in at like season three I think it was because I had I was like I'll try a few episodes and I'll get like you know go back to the beginning and like watch it all 
And I think it was that in season three episode where they're at that barbecue and like Karen, um, Karen's wig started coming off and she was going, hold on, hold yeah. on, hold on, hold on. And just like kept like moving the glasses, trying to get it back on. And I was like, this, this is amazing. These women are amazing. And so I'm really, really excited for that to come back. I'm also just excited. I'm going to be living in a time in like a month or so where I'm going to have like Beverly Hills, New York and Potomac on at the same time. Like it's just, it's a gift to be oh, alive. It's amazing. Wait, so, I mean, this is a stupid question in a way, but it's winter where you are now, yes, isn't it? Yes, it is. So, in a way, oh, my God, this is, like, perfect for winter to have, like, the heavy hitter shows back. Absolutely. The best thing to drink, like, have a wine with, like, during the week. It's just, like, you just, like, settle in for the <laughs> night, like, warm up and just sit there and, like, watch your favorite women, like, yell at each other. It's just, like, it's stunning. <laughs> You're, like, curled up around the fire with a throw blanket and a nice glass of Chardonnay. It's, like, time for three hours of ladies screaming at oh, each other. It's, it is truly heaven. Before we wrap up, can you tell us a bit about gas bagging and what it's about and what happens on the show? Yeah, so gas bagging is fairly new. I get a friend each week and we just sit down and talk about what's aired that week. So very, like, current if you're up to date with your latest, like, Housewives, Drag Race, and then there's a little bit of, like, Aussiness in there. I'll chat about, like, some new shows that are premiering on our side. Like, we've just had Celebrity Apprentice Australia start, so there's a lot of, like, B-list, D-list celebrities and that that I can chat about. So it's just a bit of fun and we just like dive into like instagrams of like housewives and just like anything that's going on in that world as well so it is it it might be a bit niche but it could be for you so give it a listen can i ask as well yes what does gas bagging mean okay so i need I, (laughs) i need to say one caveat please do not google it because i so to in australia Gas bagging is you you'll say like, oh, you just like gas bag with your friends, which is like you have a gossip, you have a chat, you talk shit, that kind of thing. That's okay, the meaning yeah, here. Okay. My friend sent me an urban dictionary um meaning for the word gas bagging. I don't I don't know if I want to say because I don't know what your how what rating the show is because it's like very explicit <laughs> it's very explicit. I probably won't explain it. But if you want to Google it, you can, but that's not my intention with the name of the show. It's actually meant like it's the strain term to like talk chat gossip that kind of thing so it's a totally neutral like a colloquialism in australia because i was like sometimes when i say it i'm like it sounds naughty <laughs> yes well the urban dictionary definition will say it's very naughty so just don't yes don't look at that or do if you want to know because i was watching drag race down under recently and someone said it and i was like oh so it's just like it's just a thing people say like it's not it's obviously just like having a laugh or whatever yeah it's like, exactly okay, it's not. <laughs> oh my god well i'm glad we clarify that because i was like maybe I thought I was like, maybe it's a double entendre because it means something else. I don't know. Anyway, we're learning so much today. So we can check out Gaswagon because it's a lot of recaps. And like, I mean, the friends you've had on so far are very funny. I don't know how you have just such hilarious, funny people in your immediate friend circle. You're very lucky. Yes, I am lucky. I've chosen, I've, I've curated the list quite well. So the podcast is called Gaswagging. Can people find you on social media? I know you mentioned the show has a social media page. Yeah, well. so it's just at Gaswagging on Instagram if you want to follow there. And can we find you on social media or are we... <laughs> at Dan Tom Morrison. I had to add my middle name in there because I, my name is so generic and white that there's millions of us. So Dan Tom Morrison. All right. Well, we will... I'm going to put links to all that in the show notes. You have to... I mean, you have to check out the Maddie's. 
impression, it blew my mind. That alone is worth the... And if you're like me and watching Drag Race Down Under, I think it's nice to hear someone from Australia update you on it because sometimes I'm like, what is going on with this show? So for that reason, people should check it out. But uh, Daniel Marson, my first Australian guest, we have figured out time zones to make this happen. Thank you very much for coming on Housewives and Me. It's been an honour. Thank you so much. That was Daniel Morrison here on Housewives and Me. He, of course, is the host of the podcast Gasbagging. I will put links to listen to that in the show notes and on socials on the Gasbagging socials as well. Some very good Housewives memes on that page, it must be said. If you liked what you heard today and you're listening on Apple Podcasts, ratings and reviews really help the show and get the word out there. So I really appreciate those. I've also figured out how to read reviews from other countries. So every so often I'll read reviews from like the UK or US. And I'm always like, oh my God. <laughs> We're international. We're traversing borders. So thank you for all the reviews and ratings you've left so far. It's really appreciated. Um, my Apple podcast updated this week and now I follow podcasts on my phone. I don't subscribe to them. So if that's happened to you, don't worry. And if you want to, you can follow the show on Apple Podcasts. And of course, you can follow us and keep up to date with new episodes wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes come out every single Tuesday. You can, of course, follow the show on social media as well. At Housewives and Me is where you'll find us on Instagram and Twitter. And I'm It's Connor Bean on Instagram and Twitter as well. We'll be back next week with another exciting episode. But until then, stay safe. Thank you for listening. And I'll talk to you soon. <laughs>